My name is Will Shelton, and the name of my company is Will Power Integrated Marketing. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kelly, and today on Diversified Game, I have Will Shelton, and he is going to tell us not just about his book, but about his marketing company and what he does in the beauty industry. And yes, a man in the beauty industry. It can happen. So, you know, he's not a a, a rapper and telling you how he's spending all his money. He's actually showing you how he makes money and how you could too. So, Will, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great and grateful. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you for coming on. And, you know, I want to start with, because, you know, you're putting out this book, start with what is the book about? And then also give people, you know, um, a history of how you got your marketing company, where the links are in the description box, people. Yeah, well, the book is about the injustices that have happened over the past year. And that's the reason why I wrote the book, because um, in corporate America, you know, the dreams of a lot of Black executives have been shoplifted. And um, the title of the book is called The Silent Agreement, an illusion of inclusion, because they talk about diversity and inclusion, but my book talks about the illusion of inclusion and how Black executives can avoid the broken promises and fight with conviction against the broken culture in corporate America. And just to give you a little bit of the the opening of the book, it starts off with boxing metaphors And I use Mike Tyson because earlier in his career, he used to knock out most of his sparring partners. But every once in a while, he would get one that he couldn't knock out. So he would resort to holding and clinching. And his trainer told him one day, Mike, you got to stop making a silent agreement because one day you're going to get a guy who's not going to sign the contract. And this is what happens to Black executives when they get into corporate America they usually find out the hard way that the other side won't sign the contract. And what happens is they don't stop fighting for those top C-suite executive seats. They stop fighting with the same intensity and they stop fighting um, to win and they start fighting not to lose. And they start throwing, don't hit me punches. And they're just usually waiting for the conflict to be over. And they usually become psychological contortionists twisting themselves in knots for the illusion of inclusion. Wow, man, that you got bars. And spit, <laughs> spit, spit that. That the album will be in 2022. Um, you know, inclusion, diversity, big talking points right now when you're dealing with corporate or if you're going after, you know, RFPs with the government or whomever. Um, but uh, a lot of times I see it where they don't even have a black face when they're, you know, talking about inclusion. Or if they do put a black face, they say, okay, get us into the black churches, into the black organizations. And then, you know, if we want, we'll we'll, we'll keep you around. But it's almost where they want to do like a bait and switch. Like how, how do you see it when, you know, diversity inclusion 
is now on everybody's lips of all kinds because everybody's talking about it. You know, Asians, uh, Black people, Mexicans, everyone's like, include us. And um, sometimes we're used as pawns, all of us. So, I mean, how, how do you see that? Well, I see it as the, the first question I ask the corporations is, is your solidarity solid or is it symbolic? <laughs> you know, I ask them, um, does your stance line up with your stats? Meaning that you may have 3% Black executives and C-suites, but you're claiming that you're standing in solidarity. So those are the questions I ask them because the Black consumers looking under the hood, they're doing a 150-point inspection on your company now, and they're voting with their dollars. So um, they're doing a CT scan, and they really want to know, do, does your company reflect the ideals that you're putting out as far as standing in solidarity? And also, you know, you have something called the, the urban department that a lot of Blacks are put into. Um, there's a chapter in my book called Step Aside Money. And usually what happens when you have a, a champion in a division and he doesn't want to fight the number one contender because he's a perceived threat, he wants to fight the number two or three guy, they offer that, that number one contender step aside money so he can fight the next guy. This is what happens in corporate America. Uh, a lot of black executives get that step aside position because they don't want to put them up. So you usually get trapped in what I call urban purgatory. <laughs> and, and, and with, with that, the, the solution right now, if all the, you know, corporations, let's just say perfect world say, you know what, we're going to put a, Black president or a Hispanic president, Black VP, you know, we're going to really mix it up. We're going to take all of the, um, you know, the majority out of their positions and we're going to put the best of the best. Is it, would that really do anything or is it more of a mindset that these corporations have? Because just because you put somebody, as we've seen with politicians, you know, who may be Black, who may be gay, who may be a woman, does not necessarily mean that they can then go change everything in such a large corporation, especially overnight. So how, what's the, the solution for, for some of this? And give us the game. Well, first, I would say that, you know, you can't just fill those positions and say we're going to just put, you know, uh, all of a sudden 20 percent blacks in these positions because you have to be able to bring your authentic self to work. and you know, there's often pressure to create the facade of conformity where Blacks suppress their personal values and views to fit into the corporate ones. So um, our truth is not their truth. And is, is when we're able to bring our authentic self to work and work in the conditions where we're accepted for who we are, what our name is, um, what our background is, then um, there will be a chance for the culture to change. Because first of all, it's about fixing the broken culture that exists in corporate America and the, the corporate emotional war criminals that are in corporate America that cause the trauma and the cultural damage to the Black executives. And that trauma 
Have you ever seen anything that has measured that trauma or and shown how what the impact and uh, effects have, have been on people who have experienced it? Yeah, well, I've interviewed them for my book. I've interviewed several um, top executives going all the way back where they worked in the early 1970s. Um, I talked to a, a gentleman named uh, Jim Glover, who uh, worked and he's the one who made the first McDonald's breakfast commercial. And he talks about how he experienced trauma. And back then, it was like being in the Vietnam War. Um, you, you got PTSD. He told me that a couple of his colleagues ended up committing suicide because of the trauma. Ooh, wow. Wow. That's, yeah. And in war, you would think, I mean... You know, some may say it's a suicide mission, but that you committed suicide, um, unless you're a Japanese soldier, um, you know, we don't hear much about that. But we know PTSD is a real thing. And, um, you know, and so in this book and, you know, folks, can they go on Amazon and, and order this book or go to their local library and say, I want this book right now because I'm, I might not have the funds to buy it. It's going to be available in libraries. It's going to be available on Amazon and other online bookstores on June 19th. So it's coming up. Um, you can do pre-orders. You can go to www.thesilentagreement.com and you can do pre-orders there. And being in marketing, I mean, you get to see, you know, an inside that many don't get to see. I'm a consultant. And, and so I get it. You get to, you know, walk into corporations and you could even see, I mean, BET, you know, folks are surprised that everybody's not black behind the scenes. Do you see in marketing as far as diversity? Because Hollywood, again, they will use us. Hey, give us that black stuff. Sometimes you feel like Dre on Blackish. Give us that black stuff, you know, hip, what's now? And then it turns into something else. Have you seen in marketing any plan or do you have maybe any course that you have? And, and maybe it's just in the book that can help those young marketers when they go into these majority white organizations and say, this is how you need to conduct yourself because you know you have to be two times better than your competition, but you also need to secure the bag. Are there any tips for the marketers out there? Because that's a, that's a hard dance to play for many people that I know. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a chapter in my book called Punching Above Your Weight Class because a lot of Blacks are told when they're kids that you have to do twice as much to get half the rewards. So we always have to punch above our weight class and we can never punch down because once we punch down, the only way we go is down. So, you know, we have to remember and I have to remind these corporations that DNI has to be a part of the DNA of each corporation um, because a lot of these corporations, even a lot of black executives have gotten highly adjusted to the injustice that goes on in these corporations. And we, and we can't uh, tolerate the intolerable anymore. Um, so that has to change. So it, it all has to come from the inside because that, that culture is broken. So, these corporations have to understand that there's no way that they can go outside their company to find the answer. We need to start developing a pipeline of young Black minorities from 
junior high and high school, we can't just, they can't just go to the universities and the, the, uh, NAACP, the, uh, the universities and the colleges to find interns. They need to go all the way back to have career days. They need something called career literacy. We hear a lot about financial literacy, but what about career literacy? We need to develop, like in baseball, they have a farm team. And so in corporations, we need to develop the pipeline for young Black minorities to get into these industries that they don't even know they have an option for. So to reach back and to start developing that now in the next, you know, 10, 15 years, we can have that 13, 14, 15% of black executives in those C-suite positions. Tell the people, cause somebody will listen to this and, and this is really probably for like the 14 year old male um, listening and saying, you know, okay, diversity, inclusion, I'm not even there yet but I want to start making some money. And, you know, when reading your story, you, you know, got into hair. Um, I mean, it wasn't, it was a fluke. You know, you went to go see your wife. You know, I, I, I read the thing and someone said, hey, you should get in this business when you needed a job. This is something that a 14, 15 year old could be doing and preparing for right now, depending on what state they're in. Um, what are those, you know, nuggets that you can give somebody in that hair industry? Because it's not just saying, hey, I'm a business, but then you put on the marketing part. And I, I really want you to tap into that because people might hear you got all the analogies, all the metaphors. You know, again, you guys, this album will come out next year, possibly. But this is 24 years plus of work that you have put in. So it's second nature. So I, if somebody is trying to get in the hair industry and they need that willpower right now, that's a play on words, y'all, if you look at his website um, and LinkedIn, what nuggets would you give that person to say, you can do it, you can make more money? Yeah, well, first I would, t- I would say that you can't shelter in creativity and you can't quarantine hustle. So... <laughs> <laughs> And also, I would tell them that, first of all, you know, good enough is not good enough anymore. You know, you have to go after your dreams as if your life depends on it, because the life that you want does depend on it. You have to figure out what is your niche going to be? What's the DNA of your company going to be? You know, you can't just um, scatter your shots. You have to aim a rifle. You have to become an expert. Uh, don't, don't be a generalist, be, be an expert at something and, and develop a niche because you know what, you have to find out what your superpower is and what your uniqueness is because unique is better than better. So you have to really start positioning yourself because if you don't position yourself, you're going to get positioned. And I love that going to your website, reading how you were the first one to, you know, do screenings of shows at your salons. And that that's something that people would be like, what does that have to do with cutting hair, doing hair? You know, well, it brings in a different type of clientele. And, you know, people will see you and they see your, your hustle. What gave you that confidence? Because that confidence you have, people, when I was younger, would say, that's crazy. What do you mean? You can't do that. 
or it's never been done, right? So what mm-hmm. gave you that confidence to say, I'm going to just break the mold? Well, I think what gave me the confidence is, first of all, I just didn't allow fear to hold me back. You know, fear is just false evidence appearing real. Um, I could have told myself um, I'm too young. I don't have a college degree, every excuse in the world, but that I would have limited my point of entry. So I tell young people, never limit your point of entry. Um, Don't have what I call possibility blindness. Um, Always believe that it can happen for you like someone else. So if you have nothing, you have nothing to lose in the first place. It's just what I call those false confessions that we tell ourselves every day that you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not tall enough or I don't have the right skin color. And those are only false confessions and you can never rise above your thoughts about yourself. So first of all, you have to overcome that false barrier to enter into something. And then once you have the competence, then that helps you to um, amplify the confidence to go into a corporation, to send out a proposal. Um, which, and what it is, is really, is you have to have the solution for that brand or for that company. Believe me, if you're the answer, they're going to hire you. So you just have to do some research, do your social listening, um, be open the aperture of your mind a little bit more and become more, more nimble and more agile and look at, Uh, what type of business you want to have. Look at the type of business that you think that you align with um, because alignment is important as as well. So um, whatever your niche is, um, there's unlimited possibilities. So I I just tell everybody, just live a life that outlives you and and die empty. Don't don't allow pallbearers for your dead dreams. If you don't write these things down, hey, if Will doesn't write these things down, y'all have, you know, permission to write these down like they were yours because, I mean, this is copyrightable stuff from somebody who's not just talking it. When you go to his site, you're going to see, you know, so many different projects that you show and you tell. This is what we've done. And, you know, this is how we've had an impact because a lot of times people say, yeah, I was on that project. And, to those of us in the business, it's like, whatever, because people who know you, they know who to call, right? Call Ghostbusters, call Will, he, he got you. But you're doing it, and in this book, would you say this book could also help the marketers, the future marketers, and like really giving them some like meat to say, everyone's a marketer now, everyone does PR, like everybody's an artist. Can this book help them with step-by-step, or is that part two of the book? That's part two. This book won't really help with that. This may help with, because I talk about the silent agreement, there's also the silent agreement that we make in our personal lives, in our marriages, in our own businesses. There's a silent agreement that we make there. So this book will help with that. But but the next book that comes out will probably tackle the, the real mechanics of marketing and how you show up in truth and and stop being truant in your own life and really, you know, go after these things in in the right way um, with the right mindset and really how to be a champion in life. Okay. How to be a champion in life. 
And, you know, when you say the mindset, you, I mean, you could say that over and over again, and you probably won't say it enough times for somebody who is in self-doubt, but the fact of the age we're living in on Instagram and, and people are, you know, living lives that they're really not living, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I look like I have a, I'm on a big boat, but I got to give this boat back in five minutes because that's all I can afford. What do you think as far as a marketer? And are, are we doing a, a, our self-service by being on the social media showing only the best of life? Hmm. I think that a lot of people are showing highlight reels <laughs> of their lives <laughs> and they're not really showing, you know, the truth, but, you know, they don't believe anybody wants to see that. But, you know, what I always tell somebody is your testimony is powerful, what you've been through and your testimony to them and your story can be a survival guide for somebody else's life, but we often hide behind social media and we post what we want to boast about, you know, and you got, don't forget that the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. How much public speaking do you do where you're paid? <laughs> this is the next Les Brown I'm talking to. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I, I'm I'm just getting on the circuit. I've just been doing a lot of interviews on podcasts, the books coming out. So I know that I'm going to be very busy in that sector pretty soon. Yeah. And, and are you doing Toastmasters or the NSA currently in this current pandemic? No, I never did any of that stuff. I think um, I think behind the chair for for over 20 years, like gave me the rehearsals for it, talking to people because, you know, think about it as a barber and a hairstylist, you can get more out of somebody in 15 minutes than a therapist in 15 years. Mm -hmm. So I think being behind the chair and talking to clients and understanding human nature and being there for them in a personal way and just having solutions for them and uplifting them and not just uplifting their, their hair, but uplifting their spirit, because you never know when they walk into the salon, what burdens they need to lay down when they come in. So I think that prepared me for the speaking I'm doing for the insight that I have in life. Being behind the chair, how many times, if ever, have you, you know, heard something first and said, you know what, I could market this, but I also, I want a piece of this. I know this is going to be a successful project that, you know, I don't mind putting some sweat equity and some time in and, you know, maybe sign somebody right then and there um, in the deal. Has that ever happened? Not that specific, but for me, I think the epiphany was when I was behind the chair and I owned my own salon for 10 years, I realized pretty quickly that I was helping the entertainment industry market their projects because we would always talk about, you know, there's music in the background. So every time the client would leave, they would say, I'm going to go buy that album I just heard, or I'm going to go see that movie you recommended. So I said, wait a minute, I'm helping these entertainment brands market their, their projects. They should be sending me free CDs and mu movie passes. So I sent a proposal to all of them. 
And within 30 days, I started getting free CDs and free movie passes to give away. And that was the birth of Willpower Integrated Marketing. And about a year later, I said, wait a minute, there's thousands of salons across this country. I can build a network of thousands of salons and help these companies connect with the African-American consumer because you have to realize that the black barbershops and salons are like an ecosystem that makes the black community flourish. They're like the, the coronary artery of the community. And that's what I explained to these brands. I said, wait a minute, I can take you from the balcony and the mezzanine to the orchestra section where you have a front row seat with your target consumer. So that was the epiphany that I had about uh, marketing and the business. And I just didn't allow fear to hold me back. And I just went after it. And now I have a network of over 100,000 black barbershops and salons nationwide. Now I can feel a young artist hearing this, that's where the majority of the audience is, um, their listeners, but we push for video, um, you know, pray for increase in that as well. But no matter how they get the game, they get the game. And they may be around 17 and say, you know what? He just said he has this market of people I want to tap into. Let me go to willpower and tap in. Before he does that, I want to talk about how you onboard a client and at what budget it should be so we can give them goals before they come to the polls and say, hey, I'm ready to cast my vote for willpower. Yeah, well, what I would do is, uh, first of all, any barbershop or salon in the black barbershop salon in the country, you know, we can add you to the list because it really, you know, barbers and stylists are trailblazers. They're innovators. They're creators. They're media planners. You know, they've always done more with less. So they're the trendsetters in their community. They're the gatekeepers and they're in a trusted environment. So um, they already have that. And if they want to connect with me and they want to leverage their shop and amplify their business, I mean, all they need to do is reach out. They can DM me. Now, as far as a brand goes, like a, a global brand, um, what they normally want to do is connect with that, that African-American consumer in a non-traditional way where it's, it's a really untapped venue for that for years. And it's been a blind spot for them. So when they reach out to me, it's really about how do we connect in an authentic, culturally relevant way. And that's the challenge for them. And that's what I'm able to help them to to do and to prepare to do and to really gain the respect of the black consumer and gain the respect of the black press because it hasn't been done that well in the past so i also give brands uh these mini seminars about how to gain the loyalty and really be fully committed to the african-american consumer not just on black history month not just on Martin Luther King's birthday or Juneteenth, mm-hmm. but year-round investing in the community. Investing. And so is it more, is the business more structured for, you know, I know you did something with the last OG and so many projects, I mean, big name projects. Is it even for that person on the come up that doesn't have, you know, 
millions of dollars to spend because I saw some of the, the beautiful stuff you did in your case study and it had, you know, the, the printing on the shirt and your average artist or even organization doesn't have what it takes to print up 500 shirts and say, we're going to give them away and have the stylist wear them. And so is, is it more for the big boys or is there a starter or startup package? Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just more for the big boys. I don't have like a, a smaller tier that's developed yet. Uh, we're looking into that. But right now, it's just for more of the, the major brands. Okay. And, and I wanted to do that just because, you know, um, every, you know, and still, you guys, you're encouraged to reach out and learn more. But an artist might say, well, if you can get me played in all of these places, I think I got a hit. And maybe there's a, a package where everybody's playing the same music, kind of like Walmart or some of these places do. But um, I wanted to put that all out there because I could hear the folks saying, hey, he sound like he got the magic. You know, I just need to be, be, be placed where the magic is at. And boom, um, t- there's another day. W- with all the success that you've had, and that you're going to have because the best is yet to come. What is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Well, one of the community, because I come out of the beauty industry, is developing uh, scholarships for beauty and barber college. That's never been done before. They always go with the HBCUs and other types of scholarships, but, but they've forgotten about the beauty and the barber college scholarship funds. So I'm, I'm in development with that right now. Unlike scholarships that, you know, I know going to Grambling and trying to get people to come into Grambling, we would always get held up. Like if your cousin had a record, but I got a record, but in the barber and hair industry, no one ever cares like trucking. So is, is that something Will your record even matter to get a scholarship? Yeah. Record wouldn't matter for a scholarship for this. No, it wouldn't be a barrier. Man, you guys, you guys have got the game. This is so much game. I just need you to follow the links in the description. Check out the book because, you know, he's, he hasn't even given you the best. He's giving you, you know, just this is just the first quarter. And I really want the people to, to tap in and go buy this book. And I want to take this offline because I'm going to propose something to you and you, you can come back to me. But that's offline talk, y'all. Yeah. So. Will, if you want to leave the peep thing, feel free. Yeah. Um, what well, one more? What was the last question you said? The last statement? Oh, I said if you want, yeah, if you want to leave the people with any, you know, last game. Um, yeah. You know, oh. call of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, two things. Well, there's two good quotes I have. I mean, think about it this way, everybody. And and if you think about it this way, you're going to be much more successful. Life is a fight for territory, and if you don't fight for the territory you want the territory that you don't want will automatically take over. That's number one. Number two, and this pertains to the book, and this pertains to the social injustice that we've been dealing with. And this is the quote that sums up a lot of what's going on right now. We may not get everything we fight for, but everything we get will be a fight. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, 
came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that $100 US is worth a 1,000 South African rand? and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings. So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always want to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.